morning and welcome to Jesus and Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. We're in a little late this morning, but here we are, so let's jump right in to Scripture. We are in chapter 5, starting in chapter 5, looking at verse 1 and 2. And, uh, you know, we've been plowing through First John here uh, the last month or two, um, and there's a lot of repetition a lot of repetition, and I've repeated a lot of things myself in these morning devotions that John is saying. And uh, as I said at the very beginning, um, John's a little more poetic in his writing, even in Revelation. And uh, as we see uh, some of the writing uh, provided to us um, in other aspects and then the other letters that he's writing to the church. And so this particular letter is almost like a sermon. In its format, there is a lot of repetition, and there's a lot of relaying a specific idea in many different ways. Okay, so he's he's giving us a a specific truth, but he's giving that truth with many different metaphors and examples, and so we see that time and time again. And uh, the whole idea, the whole idea is John is dealing with the false teaching in the church. And this false teaching is, is impacting the proper understanding of the gospel message. So if the gospel message is corrupt, that means the people who are getting this corrupt gospel are not getting saved. And that's really the big issue here. And if you got people in the church accepting this and believing it, then it's giving evidence that they don't really know God. That's why you see John talking about this whole thing of knowing God, not knowing God, walking in the light or walking in the darkness. And there's either loving or there's hating. And so there's, there's, there's only two roads, there's two paths in John's mind um, that you can take. One of them leads to life. One of them leads to a relationship with God. One of them does not. And so he continues with that thought here. Going into chapter 5, he's continuing with the same thought. Verse 1 says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. So this is a very straightforward verse. Um, If you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that's what Christ means. Okay, Christ is not a name. It's an office that Jesus holds. He holds the office of Messiah or Christ, which means he is the chosen one. He is the one true sacrifice. That's what John's saying here. And if you believe that, that he came in the flesh, that he is the chosen one, the Messiah, to die for our sins, to conquer death, to give us life and righteousness, you have been born of God. All right, You've been born again. You remember that? The analogy that Jesus gives to Nicodemus, you must be born again. We see that same concept here. You're born of God. Everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. See, John's already been saying this. He's just saying it again in a different way, that if you, if you truly are a believer, if you truly are a Christian, if you truly are someone who has been saved and redeemed by Jesus Christ, then you will love other people. Christians, other people who have been redeemed by him. If you're not loving them, you have bitterness and hatred, that's evidence that you don't really know God, that you haven't been born of God. Okay, so he's been saying this over and over. 
relaying this message, saying it in different ways. Now, the real big focus this morning is on verse 2 here. So verse 2 says, By this we know that we love the children of God. Okay, well, how do we know that we are loving our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? What does that look like? What does it look like? We know this when we love God and obey His commandments. This, this is extremely important, especially for this day and time. Because the church has this false understanding. Many churches do. I'm not saying all the church. But many churches and many of our denominations out here of these Christian churches, whether it's, it's Catholic or it's Protestant, which a Baptist church falls under the Protestant category. Okay, So there's many different denominations and churches that are failing at this right here. What they're doing is they are embracing sin and rejecting God's commandments. This is a big deal because part of loving God, in order to show that we love God, we obey His commandments. If you don't obey His commandments, then you're not showing that you love God. If you're not showing that you love God in your actions, then you can say it with your mouth all you want, but the evidence shows that you don't really love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay? And that's the point John's making, and he's already said this, and he's saying it again here in chapter 5. Your actions speak louder than your words. Is pretty much what he's saying. So, obedience to God's commands is of the utmost importance. Okay? Now, we're not earning our salvation by doing good things or following the commandments. But someone who is truly in love with God will obey the commandments of God because they value God above themselves and anything else. And if you truly value God, if he truly is your king and he truly is Lord of your life and you want to please him, you care only about making him happy, you will obey his commandments, okay? Whether it feels good or not, you're going to be obedient to them. Therefore, if God says, honor your father and mother, you're going to seek with everything in you to do that. If he says, you'll have no other gods before me, then you will seek with all your heart to do that. If he says that you should not commit adultery, then you'll do everything in your heart to follow and obey that. If he says, do not covet your neighbor's things, you'll do everything in your heart not to do that. You see, it's, it's, uh, obedience is evidence of genuine love. You don't have to say that you love God when you show it with your actions. If God says this is wrong in Scripture, then you must approve and agree with God and say that is wrong. You don't go against God's word. If he calls something sin and you embrace it, that's evidence that you love yourself more than you love God. And that's the point that John's making here with verse 2. And verse 2 is so important. And this is why standing upon God's word is so important. And holding fast to God's word. Seeking to please God first and foremost over men. 
Okay, because the world tells us to reject God's word and what he says is wrong. Oh, don't worry, that's not really wrong. And who cares if God says it's wrong? All right, I don't think it's wrong and you should accept it and embrace it as I do. And many churches out there are doing that. And by doing that, you are also rejecting loving God if you are embracing the things that he condemns because you are not obeying his commandments. So it is so important, so important for Christians to stand upon God's word, reject the things God rejects, embrace the things God embraces, because that is evidence that we love him. Thank you for joining me. At the end of the day, seek first the kingdom of God. Take care. Stay blessed. I'll see you again tomorrow. Bye.